0: The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers.
1: Welcome to the Crossman Conversation CEO Edition, offering insights, wisdom, and counsel from the most respected CEOs. Here is the host of the Crossman Conversation CEO Edition, John Crossman. Hello, this
2: is John Crossman and welcome to the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. Today's guest is my good friend, Anthony Blanco, who is a senior managing director of investment sales with TSCG. Anthony, are you there, buddy?
0: I am here and I'm excited to be here.
2: Man, Anthony, I'm glad so glad to have you on the show. And I know you recently you were at the New York ICSC, one of the most important uh and influential real estate conferences in the world, and you come back from that. Now you're looking forward to you know 2024. Tell us your thoughts about uh, what's going on in the real estate world today
0: well in the retail real estate world uh, there's there's a fair amount of optimism um, over the last 30 days that that's you know been brought about of course by the uh, the, the, the movement in interest rates uh, we of course very closely follow uh, the 10-year treasury yield is that that is the benchmark by which the commercial loans are are um established the interest rates on those loans are established so the fact that you know for the previous 12 to 18 months of course we've been experiencing rising treasury yields and have, and have seen the result of that you know decrease in in values and certainly a huge decrease in transaction volume uh now finally uh, over the last 30 days we've seen the interest rates moving downward uh, now to the point where they're you know right now as of today you know in the uh, they've, they've cracked below four percent. hopefully that'll that'll continue to be the case. So um, so this you know the New York ICSC last week was very optimistic uh, in the capital market side around that news, um, and you know people looking forward to hopefully increase transaction volume next year in, in 2024. Um, that's on the on the capital market side. On the on the real estate fundamental side, you know, John, you know this, but we we we've, we've do, we're doing really well uh, overall. The occupancy levels are are very strong, um, not only in the in the properties that you know we manage and in, and in, in, in lease as well as I'm sure the ones you you handle as well. But I think all throughout our offices and everything we're reading, um, you know, from Green Street and, and Coast Star and, and other sources, um, so we're very strong on the on the occupancy front. We're we're seeing great release up rates. Uh, market rates continue to, to increase, so I think overall fundamentals have, have remained strong. It's, it had just been the headwinds of of the capital markets and and what we had seen uh, you know over the last year or so with interest rates.
2: It does seem, Anthony, very interesting. Like in this market, there's positive news. You know, like you know employment is up, and so retailers are busy and they're expanding. And then there's been this lack of development, so that keeps you know you know pinning and pushing mm-hmm. things up. Uh, but then construction is, costs are still high. So construction is still hard. And mm-hmm. then you're yeah. right. The interest rates have been you know, higher than they've been in a long time. So it, 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 I think I agree with you, right, that it, it, it bends positive. But there is some tension out there still a little bit. And I, I have to admit that mm-hmm. that probably impacts some transaction volumes being down because people can't figure out where to price their deals. And so has the pricing of deals been part of the challenge?
0: Absolutely, John. And you you know, you've been around uh, you know as long as I have, if if not longer. And anytime you go through these um, you know shocks in the market, you you enter a new phase of price discovery, and in which in which case you know transactions are very hard to make. You have a pretty sizable you know delta between um, you know seller expectations or seller desires, I should say, and buyer expectations and and um, you know the, the fear of catching a falling knife. So both sides move away, and it just takes some time for transactions to to you know kind of get get back in in, uh, in the swing of things. So, and that's where where we've been over the last year. It's certainly a, still a challenge today. There's been obviously you know I think the latest number I saw is you know uh, property transactions are down seventy percent across all property types. So. To a large extent, there's just there's not much in the way of comparable sales um, for what we do, and and it's certainly the case for other property types as well. So we're all just trying to take a little bit of a of a of a shot in the dark at where we think pricing is going to be, and then ultimately, you know, drive a drive a competitive process that hopefully gets us there.
2: So Anthony, let me. I got two questions for you. So here's the first one. Let's just pretend mm-hmm. that uh, I'm the head of asset management for NUCO Institutional Company based in New York City. And I say, Anthony, I'm, I'm, I want to put out a billion dollars in 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Where, where would you tell me, you, you know, in Anthony's mind, I should be looking at purchasing big, large assets with a with a big slug of cash? What would you tell me to look at?
0: Look, I, you know, I'm I'm assuming the question is aimed at, at retail since that's my yes, forte. Yes, yes, absolutely. Actually, yeah. Okay, yeah. Within within retail, I, I continue to be uh, very, very bullish on you know well located. Uh, strong grocery anchored centers. Um, you know, in my experience throughout my entire career, those have always performed very well. Those have always maintained very good occupancy levels, rising market rents. they're just very stable um, you know cash flow properties. Um, I think that you know there there's value to be had as you go into you know secondary markets, uh, in particular in Florida of course, and in the southeast, as you know, we're we're growing so, there's a lot of secondary markets that are that are you know almost becoming primaryish markets right in the way that they're growing and and just by virtue of just the geography of florida and 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 um just barriers that we have to future growth so so I'm a big believer number one in in grocery anchored product um you know dominant grocer of course here in in Florida in the southeast is is you know publix and uh, still a big believer in in their concept and and what they continue to do um and then secondly, you know, I, I'm all I'm a fan also of well situated, on anchored, strip centers. Uh, you know, the kind of centers that you see, you know, with your what you and I call the mom and pop tenants, the local barbershop, nail salon, um, you know, etc. Uh, I just, you know, I dropped off some watches to put in new batteries recently at a at a strip center near my house, and it was hard to find parking, and and it's because that's you know people are going there day in day out, and those are. People that that's their livelihood, Um, and you know they've been it's been the same guy putting a battery in my watch for you know 30 years. So um, I'm I'm a big believer in in, in those properties um, overall, and and I've liked that sector. Now, granted, there's a lot of institutional groups that have tried to to place capital. Of course, uh, Site Centers recently launched a a a spin off, uh, Curbline Properties to to do that. The challenge, of course, is on, on, on the unanchored is how do you do it in scale and, and size. They're, they're trying to do that and, and figure that out because a lot of those properties tend to be smaller. But but in, in conclusion, I think that those are the two big property types that I like, uh, grocery anchored and, um, you know, well-situated grocery anchored, and then, of course, unanchored ships.
2: Well, I, I like that perspective. I mean, you've been doing this a long time, so for you to say that's been the consistent one, there's different times, different things trade. Uh, just got like a minute left, but... um. Uh, is that your same answer if it's like a family office looking to put out 10 to 20 million?
0: I think, you know, it all depends on, on you know, of course, return thresholds and, and, and what they're looking to achieve with that, um, you know, w- with with their overall, you know, investment thesis is it, you know, as, as you know, there's a lot of groups out there that say, well, we've got to get a certain, you know, return, a certain yield threshold. So they need a little bit more in the way of upside, whether that be through lease up or redevelopment potential, et cetera. So. Uh, the answer tends to be the same, although I, I do find you know higher yield opportunities are present if you go in the non-grocery anchored space, whether it be you know um, you know value anchored or you know gym anchored. Um, you know there, there's still a lot of growth in Florida and in the Southeast, and there's a potential for market rent appreciation certainly. Uh, and you can get away from grocery anchored. So so I think my answer would be the same, but it would also then capture. Uh, you know other non-grocery and product as well for the private offices.
2: Gotcha, uh, Anthony. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to ask you about your advice for uh, uh, thriving. The seeking out CEOs, people that are looking to be a CEO in their their career, and I want to I want to get your advice on the most successful trades. So, uh, hang on right there. We're going to take a quick break here at the Crossman Conversation, the CEO Edition. This is John Crossman. and I work with a lot of vendors in the commercial real estate industry. And I got to tell you, one of my favorite ones ever is my friends over at Construction Unlimited, Florida's premier roofing company. And they bridge the craftsmanship with the pinnacle of innovation. They're just one of the best groups because of the trust, the expertise, the quality. And my favorite part, they're really committed to the community. When you're thinking about roofing construction needs, keep Construction Unlimited at the top of your list.
1: At JLL, we are reshaping the future of real estate for a better world. For over 250 years, our firm has remained committed to offering trusted and innovative solutions in commercial real estate leasing, management, investment strategies, and technology. JLL.com. See a brighter way. Here's a call to those who want to make an impact on their company, their community, or who possess a desire to make the world a better place. Crossman Career Builders provides the tools and resources for you or your company to make a difference on some of the toughest issues that we all face. Crossman Career Builders partners with CEOs, politicians, and pastors seeking to address problems of racism, mental health, addiction, justice, and suicide. Crossmancb.com. Once again, here's John Crossman.
2: All right, we are back here with Anthony Blanco and Anthony, you know, in your career, you know, different people in real estate have different, you know, forward facing who they're talking to. You know, you're a tenant broker and you're talking to a director of real estate. And if you're doing, you know, well, maybe you're a leasing agent, and you're talking to an asset manager. In your line of work, you deal with a lot of CEOs. I mean, like you're helping people make decisions that may range from a $10 million to $100 million decision. So throughout a huge chunk of your career, that's, that's the face you're dealing with. And I have to think mm-hmm. that you have a perspective of um, CEOs that you're like, gosh, that CEO is so impressive, or man, uh, that one maybe they're struggling a little bit. So we have a lot of young professionals and college students that listen to this show. So I wanted to, what's your perspective on when Anthony Blanco thinks, man, these are the traits of successful CEOs? In your mind, what are those?
0: Oh, that's a great question, John. And I do deal with a lot of people, which is one of one of the favorite my favorite things to do. Um, the first first and foremost is I found that that very good CEOs are able to connect with people and and connect with all people within their team and, and their organization and early in my career I was fortunate enough to work for Steve Brandon uh, who's now you know uh, with Brandon partners and it was a prolific Publix developer and uh, and at the time this was at the Brandon company and Steve had you know, I was You know, 21, 22 years old, just just getting out of college, uh, getting my accounting degree. And I would just watch Steve um, connect with everyone as he walked around the office. Like he wasn't just casually asking, how was your weekend? He wanted like details, like how was your weekend and how is your family? And he he had that ability to do that with everyone. And it made everyone feel so important. And I remember seeing that early in my career and saying, that is such a great thing. He is genuinely interested in these people and in their answers. And um, I watched with great amazement, and it's something that I I, I still try to apply myself. And I I see it sometimes in in people that are very successful CEOs. Um, I see it in you, John, and the interest that you take with with the people around you and your team and, and with your friends and um you're always interested in, in people and I think that's that's a great quality. So I say first and foremost that I think connecting with people and, and with your team is, is number one. I think secondly, um, you know, you know this. I've I've got two daughters that I'm very proud of and um so I, I you know watch a lot of Disney or now less so, but I watched a lot of Disney movies and, and I remember a scene in the movie Moana where she's asking she's on this little you know little sailboat and she's asking maui who's played by dustin john or uh, D- yeah johnson the rock and um she's asking can she teach him can she teach her how to can he teach her how to sail and uh and he's like well it's not sailing it's wayfinding and it's like the ability to know where you're going by knowing where you've been and i remember like sitting there in the movie i was like what a great line like what a what a great way to put it. And a good CEO is always wayfinding. Um, you, you know where you've been, and you know where you want to go, and, and you kind of have a, a – in your mind's eye, you're able to see the line to get there. And and I think about that metaphor a lot. I think about the, the idea that we're sailing. In almost everything we do, I, I, I share that with my children. I, I think about it daily. Every task is almost like a ship at sea, and you, you you know where you're going, you know where you want to get to, but you may get some choppy waters, you may get blown off course a little bit, but a good CEO is able to tack and and get back on track and figure out you know okay, what happened there? Can we learn from it and let's you know let's get everything back on the ship if we got turned over and and let's get back heading in the right direction so so what I've seen is is in good CEOs is is that they're able to do that. they're always able to deliver where they're heading what they would like to accomplish where they would like to get and and they're able to attack and and move efficiently with that. And then I think the number 3 thing with, with a successful CEO and it comes down to the people they surround themselves with and this is something that um you know I talk to my kids a lot about um you know just you know we we in in them and everyone we are the average of the people we surround ourselves with and I think that it's important that um you know we, we, we select those people carefully and we make sure that they're on board with everything we're doing and and, and that we're all you know rolling in the same direction because the, the great people are going to make us better and and the, you know the not so great people are going to make us weaker. So with really great CEOs, I found that that they have a great organization around them. They've built a great team around them, they, they, you know they nurture a great team environment, they collaborate. Um, it, it's very much um, an open uh, opinion environment, um, so uh, it's something I admire. It's something that that I preach with, with you know my team and the people we work with, and and lastly, it's something I'm very fortunate to have here w- with our organization. Is that you know we're all rolling in the same direction. We all communicate regularly. So uh, I'm a big believer that a, that a good CEO uh, has a good team around them.
2: You know, what was funny was when I, I saw you in New York. I had had one of your teammates on the podcast and immediately you started talking about that podcast. And I was like, wow, you listened, you know, and that made a lot of, it, it impacted me. Cause I was like, gosh, you care about your teammate, you know, and that, that's something. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, let's go back Absolutely. to those, those real quick. I mean, first of all, I did not know you work for Steve Brandon. That's a industry icon. That's pretty cool. And you and you really made the point about how he had sincere interest in the people around him. That's pretty cool. Like a, like an intentionality. Mm-hmm. Your second point, uh, I'm going to like ponder on that all weekend, the wayfinding. That is a great, great, great one. And sometimes it's like a mill pond and sometimes it's like the North Atlantic, right? And, uh, right. <laughs> you know, like, and and knowing that life is just sometimes in life, it's just getting back up the next day. You know, you don't That's even right. know, you don't even know what's going to happen, but you just kind of keep that at it. I, I like to quote the movie uh, Castaway away when Mike and I were talking about the other day, like you never know what the tide's going to bring in. And so you just got to right. keep, keep going after it. I do think that's a great, great analogy. And then uh, you're really talking about the team itself. And, you know, people talk about um, the, the, when it talks about get the right people on the bus, a lot of people skip the first part of that, which is get the wrong people off the bus. And, uh, right. you know, I've, I've had to do that and that can be very painful, uh, but that's, but that's part of it. Um Anthony, we're going to wrap up this uh, this this segment, but any other final thoughts from you about the market or about leadership that you want to share with
0: us? Uh, you know, only that that, that I love how, how you do it. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of yours. You and I have been friends a, a, a very long time. Um, so, you know, only that I'm, I'm very appreciative. This uh, this really, it's really nice to speak to you in, in this way and, and to share our, our friendship that we've had for, for a long time. And, and I look forward to many more conversations with you.
2: Absolutely. And I, I'll tell you one last thing, and then uh, Mike will transition remember our final segment, but um, Anthony's got two daughters, you know, like I do. And so I follow him on Facebook. So oh, I was yeah. like, I see his cool dad stuff inspires me. But this is a true story. <laughs> we, we Anthony, I have a mutual friend, and the mutual friend had a son that was uh, going through Miami, and he was worried about what happens if my son gets stuck in Miami. And so the mutual friend of me said, I gave him Anthony's cell phone number in case he was emergency call Anthony. I was like, I would have my daughters call Anthony. Oh, so <laughs> that's, that's, that's so you know, Mike, <laughs> Mark of uh, a good friend. Yeah, Mark of a good friend. Andy Blanco is the real deal. So, well, thanks for all you're doing uh, in the industry and with your family. You're doing a great things. And thanks for being a guest on the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm honored.
2: All right. And we're going to be back here with our final segment in just a second. I'd like to thank Maynard, Cooper, and Gail, PC, for being a sponsor of our program. Maynard is a full-service law firm with over 350 attorneys and 14 offices nationally who serve with professional excellence in everything from corporate and business matters to day-to-day legal issues. The office in Central Florida focuses its practice in real estate, corporate transactions and organization, banking and finance, along with trust and estates. To learn more, visit MaynardCooper.com.
1: crossmock Services is a commercial real estate firm offering a wide range of professional services, including advisory, brokerage and leasing, investing, and property management. Our staff comprises the industry's most seasoned professionals who possess the needed knowledge in real estate investments, analysis, and portfolio management to drive growth. See how Crossmark can work for you. That's CrossmarkServices.com. As the largest
2: property tax practice in North America, Ryan's professionals possess the local footprint and knowledge backed by a team with national expertise to help organizations minimize their property tax liabilities and ensure valuations are fair and accurate. With the Florida tax appeal deadlines approaching rapidly, local experts at Ryan work proactively with many jurisdictions across Florida well in advance of the August trim notice mailing to ensure our clients receive maximum tax savings. Guys, I use Ryan and I
1: hope you will too. Once again, here's John Crossman.
2: All right, we're here for the final segment on the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. Mike Gillen, how are you,
1: sir? Hey, it's always a pleasure to hear your friends talk about things, real estate or otherwise, but boy, he's something.
2: You know, listen, man, uh, you, you start talking about people who negotiate 50, 60, 70, $100 million deals, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. First off, the weight of that is a big deal. The other thing is the, the competition. You know, like you think you know, a guy like him, I I don't know this for him per se, but guys that do that work, they might do five deals in a year they might do eight deals in a year. They might do three deals in a year. And so the pressure to get those deals done is significant. And some people that do Anthony's job are very grouchy, (laughs) you know, they're, they're tough. And so for Anthony to be smart and hardworking and Focused and yet, you know, when I when I ask him about uh, leadership, he refers to seeing a Disney movie with his daughter. It's like that's just like a poke inside mm-hmm. his soul. Like yeah. this is who this man is, right? That's He's, well
1: said. He can he, relate to yeah, just everyday life.
2: Yeah, and so his humanity. I think it's just it, it just really comes out with that. So I just thought that was one of the best answers I ever heard. Was just uh, thinking about being on a sailing ship and yeah, some days you feel like. You know, you're cutting through it and we're we're, we're owning the world. And some days you're like, that wave's going to take us down.
1: You know, know? I thought your metaphor was so great about thinking about sailing and being on the water. I I was a boater for years, owned a boat, and occasionally would take it out in the Gulf. Now, I never took my little boat out in the Atlantic, but even on the Gulf, we we encountered uh, moments where that otherwise placid lake that you could just practically ski on uh it turned into a behemoth and you know that's the way this real estate business i'm sure any business can be that way sure. but boy it's it's up and down right yeah,
2: now yeah i know and and listen interest rates move or you know a tenant declares bankruptcy that you weren't counting on uh or you know like you have this happens all the time you have an employee quit that goes work with a competitor and then you have a jerry maguire moment of all that kind of stuff and you know, it can be catastrophizing, yeah, right? right? And so that goes back to that final component of, of your team, yeah, of really knowing you've got to have people that you can count on, that you're like-minded, you're united with, and uh, that when times get tough, you know that you can count on them. I you know? thought
1: it was really interesting, his optimism about the uh, direction of interest rates. I had not, I was not as aware that things were looking that much more positive for people uh, who deal with things like what he does? What I, do you do?
2: No, listen. I, when he was saying it, it, I liked. I agree with you. I liked it. and I enjoyed the positivity. I also what hit me is that we're just in this weird time where it feels like it's it's good, but it could go bad, mm-hmm. or it's good and you can, or it's or it's hard and it could get better, right? Like we're right there. And so I think that like some little positive news goes a long
1: way, you know? Well, apparently it is because things are, are looking better and, you know, it, it does feel like we're at a crossroads and we could go as a nation, we could go one way or the yeah. other on this stuff. 2024 yeah. is going to be a big year.
2: It's going to be a big year. And, and I think that, um, you know, that said, um, Whatever
1: happens, we just got to get back in our boat and keep yeah. sailing, baby. <laughs> you know, You know the so, other thing that Anthony talked about that I thought was fascinating mm-hmm. was the mom and pop aspect. Ah, uh, that was good too.
2: That was really good. You know, I, I tend to think that all of us love going into a retail store that we know. And like you go into a Publix and the huge chain and you know where things are and you could count on it and all the freaking flyer card you might have. And then don't we all love going into a good solid mom and pop? I do. You know, like we like both, yeah. right? And if you've got good quality mom and pops, that's it. that can be a good investment owning that, owning that business. You and know? it's
1: so hard for the mom and pops. Like uh, my favorite type of shopping is music stores. Hmm. And so many of the mom and pop stores over the last five years, they've had to shut down. They can't compete with what's going on online. And some of the bigger box stores are having even some difficulties, but... I love to go into a music store, still owned by a mom and pop organization.
2: Yeah. Well, and then we see people like Four
1: Rivers, you know, ramp up and they and they do it. I was
2: uh, I was in Brandon, Mississippi, recently, and I went to a restaurant that was right by the courthouse there in downtown Brandon, Mississippi, and it was uh, it was burgers and barbecue. How do you screw that oh, up? Yeah, you can't, man. That's man. They right. Had, they had fried, they had tater tots and fried oh. tomatoes. You know, it was, Making me hungry. It was really good. So, you know, I think he's saying that with good, solid mom and pop businesses that are doing it right, you know, the like ones we would name, uh, that can be a good investment too. All right. Well, Mike, Gillen, thanks for always being here with me. You got it, my friend. Until next time, this has been the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition.
1: This has been the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition with your host, John Crossman. Tune in next week for another talk with an experienced CEO that will help bring clarity to your business endeavors. The preceding was a Mark Radio production.